Hey guys, podcast episode is coming shortly. Just wanted to do a quick note about Greenville Hustle. Greenville Hustle is the community that Tyler and Harris and I founded about three years ago. We've been doing meetings, trainings, and really just a way to get like-minded business and networking opportunities here in the upstate of South Carolina, where we're from and where my agency Radical exists now. And I just wanted to do a quick plug for gvlhustle.com. If you'll visit the website, we've got a ton of really great merchandise for sale and 100% of the proceeds from those purchases are going to impact the United Way of Greenville's COVID-19 fund. That's right, gvlhustle.com. We'd really appreciate the support. Some really cool merchandise that the agency's been developing and we'd really appreciate the support. Now to the newest episode. Hey guys, welcome to the latest edition of the Radical Marketing Podcast, joined by my partner in crime on many of these episodes, Robbie Fitzwater. Good to be officially social distancing, my brother. <laughs> it's, good to, it's good to see you um, again through a computer this time, but um, we're keeping it safe, keeping it safe and healthy. And it's, I know. Um, my audio quality is going to be a little bit worse than yours is, but yeah, that's what it is. Hey, you know, I've got this... You know, for those watching, if you're view, if you're listening to the podcast, wherever you end up hearing this, you're not going to get the full effect. But I do have my my, uh, my handy dandy sure mic. If Michael Jackson can record uh, an album on it, I think I can use it for a podcast. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's okay. It's okay. But yeah, I need all the help I can get for making my voice sound amazing. But and and mine mine sounds like I'm just going through puberty. So. All well, I know, but maybe we'll avoid too many of the the Zoom follies. I have those have been fun watching uh, as people uh, around the globe are now doing more and more Zoom, WebEx, inner insert a video conference here. The uh, what was yeah, novel? What what was it like a year ago? Novel that one viral video of the guy with the kids in the background, like doing stuff that was funny, and now oh, it's still that, funny, but like, like, like universal. That's two o'clock. I mean, that's, that's every day. I mean, exactly. Every, every person has, has kind of adopted the, um, we're going to try and make it all work and whatever happens inside of our zoom environment, it's, it's just, it's part of the standard, standard operating procedure. I think everybody's also adopted the zoom uniform of, um, the button up shirt with like, um, shorts below. And it's like, it's like a mul- the mullet of clothing. It's like business on top party down below. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to save you from my, uh, Mr. T, uh, pajama pants. Uh, but, uh, (laughs) 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 for those that don't remember the A team, uh, but, uh, BA Baracus, was that his name? Um, going a little back a little far, maybe be far for you. You know, maybe aging myself. It's, it's a little bit before my time. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going deep. Well, cool. I'm glad we could reconnect and get the podcast back going after we talked. You know, I've had a couple of guests on um, since we last spoke, but, you know, I know we wanted to talk today a little bit as, as we talked pre-show uh, about the, the new normal for both business and marketing and really holistically, it's, it's, you know, pandemics, world pandemics uh, seem to touch everything, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> Just a little bit of everything. I think, I don't know if there's anything kind of shielded from this. Like every industry is impacted. Everybody's life is impacted in some way. And yeah, if if it 
things are just kind of, everybody's kind of embracing that new role of like, okay, you live and work at the same place, you eat and you eat and sleep at the same place. And just kind of everything happens in this one location that is your house or your apartment or your, or wherever you're, wherever you're at. And it's kind of, um, you kind of hit that cruising speed of like every day is the same and there's no weekends or no, there's no weekdays or weekends anymore. It's just kind of business as usual, all the same. Um, and that has been the, the strangest thing. It's funny you say that. Like, I, I, I have, I'm having a real hard time. Like, we're obviously trying to keep normalcy for the kids and stuff like that. But my days are, you're all, you know, you always get a little off balance. You'll have, you know, a strange week or something like that. I can't remember what day it is. You've been so busy. But like, I'm having this real hard mental struggle with dividing like the weekend from the work week because very obviously I'm, putting the the work down as much as possible. But in, in our business, marketing and advertising, you know, I feel like I'm a little bit always on just available. We're in client service. So there's some of that always on even when I'm on the weekend. So I'm having a real hard time delineating uh, days. <laughs> it's, it's really crazy. And honestly, it's kind of, you see it in the behavior across the board. Like I think that like working with some email clients, I would never suggest like would, we're in the place where like would never suggest, yeah, you send an email at, at eight 30 on a Friday night, never, or eight 30 on a Saturday night. Absolutely never. But right now, suddenly everybody's got that same kind of week weekday routine where that's probably when they're putting the kids to bed. That's probably when they're bringing their phones out and taking some time to relax on the sofa, which is when you want to be serving up, serving up information. But it's kind of that consistency where it never really ends. And it's the behavior change has been kind of unique to see. I think some groups have seen a big spike in e-commerce sales, like at 11 p.m. or 12 p.m., which are much later than they normally would be. Um, and then kind of the people are sleeping in a little bit later and just not, they don't have that same kind of, I've got to get up and commute to work. So their behavior has changed a little bit. Um, it's really kind of unique to see kind of how that blend is happening pretty quickly. And kind of yeah. now that we've hit that kind of cruising speed of what life looks like on, on this side of it. And we, you know, we talked about it. It's like in some ways it's changed things most certainly, but it appears, I think to both of us to be gas on a fire that's been lit for a while in a lot of ways for the trends of business, the trends of sales and tactics and marketing as a whole, you know, I think it's, it's just really escalated that ball rolling down the hill. Don't you think? I think it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's really sped the progress of every, every industry kind of in some different ways. Like where we saw e-commerce is kind of that, that, that kind of thing off in the distance for a lot of traditional retail businesses suddenly becomes some, like a must and a, need, and a necessary need to have because that's where everybody's doing business. It sneaks in from a, a smaller portion of our economy and suddenly becomes a really large portion of our economy. Um, like traditional, I think advertising is going to be thrown off in some really unique ways too, is like without sports, without live sports, without a lot of new programming on, tele on traditional television, like is traditional TV going to be as appealing as it was a year ago? 
or even billboards with fewer people driving and traffic down over 50 percent a lot of places your billboard is going to be as appealing or a radio with radio being down is that going to be as exciting for a lot of people as any as it would be traditionally but you see like video game streaming like i think that's a really fascinating insight into some of this is espn doesn't have programming right now so they're suddenly streaming video games does that make video game streaming a lot more realistic for the for a kind of a, a broader audience and is this suddenly a new opportunity for a lot of people to take advantage of so it's really just kind of accelerated the the progress that was happening but it just kind of shifted us almost 10 years forward really fast um, so those are some examples and there's probably a lot more that are just really unique that industries are just shifting really quickly and the way people engage in the our behavior is really kind of accepted fast and then kind of accepted as the new normal like again like this zoom these zoom meetings we're on right now <laughs> i know I think and it's funny you brought up i'm going to touch on a little bit because i have a friend that's in esports he's actually the play-by-play voice scott cole play-by-play for nba 2k uh or whatever it is now uh nba 2k 20 whatever however however they pronounce it and he'll probably beat me up if he hears this and uh i don't know the exact terminology but he's he's huge in esports um has a huge following on twitter and you know being the the voice of it I've watched, you know, his career trajectory and watched Twitch, which is a huge growing platform for watching other people play esports uh, and video games in general. And again, it was one of those things that was rolling down the hills. Definitely one of the faster growing social uh, platforms, uh, if you want to call it that. It's kind I, of an, a, it, a little bit of a hybrid. It, <laughs> I think it's definitely. I think it falls into the category of social platform. It's a it's a space where people can come connect around a common idea or like or something but yeah i think it's probably the biggest up one of the biggest up and coming social networks on the internet right now so i'll go that i far. think you're going to see you know advertisers and marketers with esports again we're already going there so it's not like we're saying oh look at this platform twitch that just started in the pandemic no it's been it, this this has been becoming huge anyway but again, with no other live sports, you've got NBA players playing each other um, for the live tournament they've had on ESPN. They've, you've got NASCAR has been doing these virtual races. I give NASCAR credit being a little bit ahead of the game. They were out there before I think even NBA was, uh, I think, uh, because I just was seeing at least the headlines on my uh, sports feed. But again, out there with their race car drivers doing the virtual uh, races, and I think you're going to see the interest in that become even greater because you're you're people that you have captive audiences that want to watch some form of live unknown uh, ending <laughs> content uh, and sports. And so you're going to see people trialing things that they may have been quasi interested in, but now they've got time on their hands. They can trial it and tr and see if they are interested in it. So that, which is naturally going to create more. Adapt, adoption of it. And so you're going to think that you see smart marketers and businesses thus advertising even more on these platforms. I mean, I think it's probably, I think they, I think some of those platforms offer those opportunities, but I think, yeah, it's definitely one of those things, one of those places, a lot people, a lot more people are going to be focusing time and attention. And honestly, I mean, 
marketing dollars go to where eyeballs go. And because people spend so much time on those streaming platforms, like that's a really viable audience. And if, if depending on the streaming platform it is, depending on what the audience is, you probably have more data on that audience and probably understand the insights around that audience a lot better than you would traditional television. But you also probably have a really captive audience of people who are really passionate about one specific thing. Um, and also probably jumping on board with some of the really well-known streamers on in that space. I'm sure their profile, um, I know a lot of social influencers like travel influencers you're probably your your i guess your your equity probably went down a little bit as a travel influencer um not being necessarily able to post every every other place but as a as a streamer and kind of somebody in that space their equity probably goes way up because you suddenly have a lot larger audience and yeah. you can command eyeballs the way that very few people can right now and it's just less competition in the market because there's no sports there's no there's no travel influencers there's so much so many industries that have just kind of fallen off and so many kind of outlets that have just fallen off that it's, it offers a lot of opportunity for people to discover new things and then for people to dive deeper in the things they were already interested in. Yeah, and exactly. the game, the, the gaming space is so fascinating to me because I sport like video games. I'm, I will be the first person to tell you like video games are not my sport. Like I'm horrible at video games. I can do most things, but I'm a horrible video game player, but you see these people, you see people who are streamers and kind of people who are in that world and they love it. They, that's their jam. And while it isn't for everybody, like the riches are in the niches and they own the niches in so many unique ways that if you are a streamer and you have an audience, like they, they trust you, they know you. And again, as a marketer, like they can make an authentic, they can build an authentic relationship between your brand and that individual. So there's a lot of probably potential that's coming through that marketers probably need to be aware of and probably kind of have their eyes open to that probably would have happened five years, 10 years from now. It's probably accelerated into this this next year because no Olympics, no live sports, no MLB right now, no NBA. Like that's a big market that of people who are just looking for things to do right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, if I'm counseling anyone, you know, I know a lot of business owners listen to our podcast and, you know, a lot of my you know friends and colleagues and stuff. The one thing I just want to tell people, you know, and some people they're, they're, they're grasping this now. The world isn't going back to normal. There's not, there's no going back, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. We will congregate again. There will be sports again. Like, I'm not saying that. I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to guess on dates. But back to what we started, if you're hoping and praying, and, you know, and I, I always joke, uh, hope is not a strategy, my friend. Uh, but <laughs> the, uh, that the world as we know it is going to come back, you, you need to be preparing yourself and your business for the realities that are in front of us. And because it's not going to be business as usual for anyone. No, I think it's, it's changing quickly and it's, it's evolving fast and it's not even the same as it was a few weeks ago. I think now that we've kind of hit our stride, you don't see the toilet paper isn't a hot commodity the way it was a few weeks ago. Like people can probably find toilet paper. If you're desperate, you can probably find it at this point. It's kind of, we're going through that stage of where we had that initial shock to the system of, oh my gosh, what's going on? 
we've got to like hold ourselves and like make sure everything's the world's not coming to an end. And now we've kind of like come out of that where we're able to kind of take, okay, we're safe and comfortable. We're, we're here at home. Um, we're, we're alive. We're, we're going to be fine. We have all of our, we have all of our necessities met. And now we're going up kind of, I think I mentioned to you that Maslow's hierarchy of needs that I know it sounds super, super academic and super kind of you diff, a little bit different, but if all, if those needs are met lower on that, lower on that pyramid, where you have your, your safety and security, um, you have your like love and belonging, you can start moving up farther and farther. So even in purchasing patterns, like that first week, everybody's going out buying bread, milk, toilet paper, those necessities that everybody needs and you have to have because you feel like you're, the world's coming to an end. You've kind of, we've kind of transitioned from that to a, okay, let's go. We, we have to function at home. We're going to need to know what we kind of what life looks like on this side. So, hey, let's go get a, a webcam. Let's go get a, a, a ring light and, and let's get some, some really comfy pants to wear when we're, when we're on a Zoom meeting because nobody can see what you're wearing, wearing down below. Um, and we've kind of fallen into that place like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get like some home workout equipment and some, some things to do at home so I can feel like more myself and I can work, I can function here. And we're kind of gradually going up that, that ladder of kind of at this point, we're going to be looking for love and belonging. We're going to be looking for esteem, esteem and self-actualization. So for some of those businesses, some of those purchases are coming back into the fold where they may be able to sell. I mean, athleisure clothing is probably going to be going up pretty soon because people are know they're going to be spending more time at home. They want to be comfortable. Um, yep. And just kind of thinking about what people need at this time and how their how their brains are trying to connect different dots um, around the the pandemic, what's going on outside, and how we can kind of shelter from it here, and then kind of gradually start to become more comfortable in the new, in the new normal. Yep. And I think, you know, they say there's a million sayings on how many days it takes to change behavior and habits and all that, but we're at 30 days now. So we're creating new habits and new procedures and new ways with which we do things. And it was an adjustment period and uh, okay, I can't wait to go back. Now new habits form. And so things like take out food and food delivery it's out of necessity and must now for anyone at home that you know needs something besides groceries and still wants that that luxury but i think you're going to see an increase in these things where you know takeout and delivery may have been 15 to 20% of the average restaurant's business even when they get a vaccine even when it goes all clear Yes, there might be an, an initial rush back, but we've inbred, we've created new habits and new things where, oh, that food can be taken out. Oh, I can enjoy it at home. Uh, I think you're going to see those numbers, you know, teeter in the 40 to 50% range because people are just going to, are getting ingrained with new behaviors. I mean, it's, it's especially with food and kind of those necessities that people thought, okay, I could never do that in the past. Or there's a lot of things that people thought I, I could never do or I could never try that really are becoming really normal. And honestly, like, especially with food and groceries, like we've been using Instacart and ordering from Publix here in Greenville, but it's fantastic because we don't have to go through the logistical nightmare of 
okay, I've got, I've got our, our 10 month old and I can, I can get there, push him around in the stroller and push a, push a shopping cart at the same time. It's suddenly, Hey, we're going to order this through an app on our phone. They're going to deliver it in a few hours, hopefully. And it's going to be pretty seamless. And next time we want to order something, they've already got our grocery list built for us. If we make it consistent, then, then that's really easy for us. And it's kind of behaviors that people are probably not going to, not going to go back to if, I mean, sometimes you want to go to a place and discover new things, but if that's a higher level of convenience and saving you time and energy, then it's an absolute kind of transition into a new normal because it's so much more simple where you can just have a consistent running grocery list with your spouse and yourself or whoever else and add things to add things to an Instacart list. I think we'll probably see like a dark, a few dark grocery stores pop up around this area because we don't necessarily need a, a forward facing Publix for people to search around for things. We could probably have things kind of picked up from a, from like a storage location and brought to it, brought to your house. So not as much overhead, not as many employees. And we'll probably see a little bit more efficiency there too. Yep. And you're then you're and thus, then you're going to see things like the ones that win the game, whether, you know, like Amazon now cross selling, upselling the digital Call it the digital point of, you know, you know, shop, grocery stores are built, are marketing machines. They're built in a certain order for you to purchase things. In caps, marketing, there's, the bread is always as far away as possible, the milk. They want you to go buy as many, it's every aisle, I've explained this to my wife, Nicole, a few times, like, you understand why that's next to that item, right? I mean, you know, like, strategically, and I'm not talking about peanut butter and jelly here, like, I'm talking like, this is strategy and point of sale. You're going to see that same thing transfer to every industry. And yes, some of that's e-commerce 101, but industries that haven't historically been e-commerce driven are going to have to rethink through the marketing and positioning of those online shopping experiences. I mean, it's probably, I think for this, for this new world, I think brand becomes a more important topic because I think that brand and not being commodity, if you're going to be purchased, I don't think they, I don't think you can play the price game as much in some cases. Like if you're purchasing through a, a, um, if you're purchasing through an Instacart, you don't see, Hey, this has got a discount on it of this point of like 50%, like 50% off or 50 cents off for each can. You don't see that same kind of price wars going on in real time. So I think that brand experience becomes even more important because there's probably going to be less switching. So once you purchase something, there's not as much likelihood of kind of poaching that purchase. Um, if you're on Amazon, they're probably going to be more aggressive around um, replenishable products. So them creating Amazon basics around replenishable products that they can start replacing in people's baskets um, or offering that option. So again, kind of that unique world of dancing with the devil on Amazon, but there's probably a lot more improvement that brands could be doing to make sure they establish themselves as a value added, value added service or a, a differentiated brand as opposed to the commodity that everybody else kind of falls into. And you see it in grocery, but if you're going to be taking a lot of other industries into that same kind of space, the brands that do really well in the e-commerce space that aren't trying to battle Amazon are the brands that differentiate themselves with brand. And that's the ones that can kind of develop a relationship and develop a consistent buying buying pattern with their customers. So yeah. I think those are the ones that probably really need to understand like brands that aren't doing that probably need to get on board with it and start to understand what's different about us 
or what will make people actually want to come to us one time and then come back. So it's going to become more and more important. And you're probably going to, again, with less brick and mortar sales coming right now in the, in the near term, how are you going to react to that larger, um, that larger marketplace of e-commerce? Yeah. And speaking of Amazon, you know, now's the time if you weren't already ahead of this with your D2C brand or your e-commerce and you think, well, it's too late. Now's the time to get that up as fast as possible because you've got, you know, wounded warrior a little bit down because everyone's overloaded them. They're only serving up essentials. Their biggest differentiators are pretty much muted right now. And so if you can get up and, and going, because I imagine they're going to be, a, a, they're going to be dealing with this for, you know, at least a month or two. I don't, I would imagine. I, I think um, right now, like right now on April, as of April 15th, all the shipping, like what ship at estimated shipping dates for just about everything said May 7th last, like uh, it was, we were, yeah. my wife and I were looking last night. So May 7th. So the differentiator of instant delivery and then it, the differentiator of having everything and easy to, in one basket to purchase isn't there. And also for e-commerce businesses, like I, I mentioned, la I mentioned, and I think it may have been last time. I think long-term digital ad prices are going to go up, but in the short term, they are so low. It's like buying Facebook ads in 2015. Suddenly, there's like 40 percent, 40 percent less, 50 percent less in some industries because travel, tourism, all of these industries have just completely fallen off the radar. So the inventory is already up. Plus, people are spending a lot more time on their phones. So that's even more opportunity for those ads to be served up. So right now it's cheaper and it's a lot more efficient. You don't have the biggest competition you're going to face. So right now, like the doubling down on the e-commerce strategy, like that's super important. And you see some retailers out there that have had, I mean, their weeks lately have been like Black Friday-like and they're trying to like reverse, reverse, um, like reverse engineer their site to be, to, to not convert as quickly because their warehouses can't keep up with it. So it's really <laughs> fascinating to see how fast some of these businesses can grow off the back of Amazon not necessarily working as efficiently. And I mean, ads being a lot cheaper than they normally would be. Yep. And I've, I mean, I've personally bought a couple things that we needed for work, you know, on the, you know, more the technical side that I would have normally, you know, I went to Amazon, but it, to your point, it was like three or four weeks and I went straight to somewhere else. It was actually a little cheaper and I got it in three days. Now there's some shipping delays around the, the for everyone on some things, just depending on where you are and stuff like that. But you know, I was like, this is a first, but it's just more a tell that now is the time to take advantage and you need to be doing it anyway. Again, this, the, the, this is not, this was a ball that was rolling downhill anyway. Uh, and if you've weren't already on it, you need to be on it. If you have a direct to consumer opportunity and leveraging this time and whatever, however long it might be with Amazon and you may sell on Amazon too, you know, but, um, it's not to say that's not a legitimate platform for, for selling for a lot of people. Uh, but now's the time to be building your customer base. And, you know, every, everyone has had their own own channels <laughs> before this is, is thanking their lucky uh, stars that they invested in that. And then, and then the best part about it is afterwards, like, again, when this kind of gold rush may end where, where things kind of like where industries come back online um, Amazon gets back up and running at full steam. 
Like they're going to be stronger than ever. I think there's probably going to be a lot of consolidation of power with Amazon after this because some of those smaller players are going to drop off and people are going to be purchasing more consistent products on Amazon and kind of going to Amazon for some of those first purchases. So there will be kind of a consolidation of power. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have actually joined Prime since it's happened because they just want Amazon Prime video right now too. So Mm -hmm. they suddenly have that option they may not have had before. But once that right now, like for those businesses and brands that are kind of, they have that opportunity, like they also have an opportunity to retain those customers. Like right now is the time that they need to kind of be opening that door and then doubling down on owning that relationship, like get to know their customers, building a relationship. And in some cases, like if you're not extremely busy and you're not kind of growing faster than you can handle, taking this time to really double down on things that don't normally scale because you have that time to invest with those with those core customers who are going to be the core to kind of see you through this and are going to be your biggest advocates after this is slowed down a little bit more or kind of we, we, the dust settles a little bit more than it is right now. I think that's one really unique piece of this is that retention strategy and how do you really manage those relationships in the digital space suddenly when a lot of brick and mortar retailers, they roll out the red carpet for somebody in store but they don't always transition that relationship to an online space. They suddenly have this opportunity to do just that and really make an impact with their, with their client base. I think it's kind of going to be cool to see kind of, again, we talked about the innovation happening last time, but some of those other innovations that can happen there, because if you know your customer in a really intimate way, you have a lot of good information to share and you have a lot of people who are kind of the fires under their, you have, you have the fire under them to try and to try and make this shift really quickly. And, they're going to take a lot of those kind of unique skills and unique information that they knew as a, re, as a kind of an expert in that space and bring it to a digital space. And at scale, that really works in a large, in a large capacity because they're bringing their expertise and knowledge to a digital climate, which doesn't always have a lot of that information. Yep. Totally agree. Is maybe is like our little lightning round here. If we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to turn Robbie and I know I'm not, but I'm gonna turn him into a futurist. But uh, <laughs> the uh, is there anything, you know, tactical for people listening? You know, we've talked about a few things. What we're seeing is the new normal. Is there anything that we haven't covered? You know, one or two things on your list or in your mind that this will be the new normal. You know, and this is, you know, again, whether you're you know, not necessarily guessing the future, but assuming just, just by the nature of what's happening, by the nature of things that were already happening, is there one or two nuggets you'd want to drop on things you think are going to be that new normal? I think, so for right now, I think in the near term, I think expect people to be spending more time on their phones, more time on screen. So as a marketer, I'm always thinking, where's behavior going? And what does that translate to? So again, we've seen a really dramatic increase in the amount of screen time the average adult in the US or the average adult has on their phone because they suddenly don't have that commute. So that's an hour or 30 minutes more of the day that they can consume media and consume information. So a lot of that screen time is going to translate to, again, more buying, more more purchases being made online, and then also more opportunity for brands to connect. Like there's a reason Google and Facebook really want self-driving cars because more media you can consume during the day. But I think that that online behavior of spending more time on the phone is going to be there. And I think 
communicating and translate and transacting in more more ways in that space is going to also be there. So I think more online mobile purchasing is going to continue to rise. I think people are going to feel more comfortable making purchases on a mobile device that they may not have had in the past, where you're going to have more kind of spur of the moment decisions being made on a mobile device than you would it, where people would normally be doing more heavy lifting on their computer. So I think people being able to find find their community in the ways that are going to be more interesting to them and kind of more contextual to their life. Um, and I also think brands are going to start to invest in a lot more content because people are going to be in like spending more time like consuming that content. And with that quality content, it's going to be a lot more opportunities for people to kind of differentiate themselves in that space too. Again, I think brand's going to be more important coming out of this. So I think from that perspective, if you can help, if you can kind of give people an outlet through your brand, then you really win because people are looking for outlets in different ways. People are looking at looking for ways to manage their time or something that better suits their needs. And for businesses, that's going to ideally fit right in line with that. Um, and then I keep thinking is like, if you can spend this time turning your good customers into your great customers, like really focus on who that customer is, what their needs are and how to really maintain that relationship because if you can develop a differentiated relationship when amazon the big the big guy the big kid on the block comes back into into play it's not going to be as strong because you've kind of laid the groundwork for something that's a lot more intimate a lot more personal and can't be scaled the same way that amazon can scale everything else hmm. love Which it is, really good I, I really good I, I, I give the same answers every time. I get, I get, I'm, I'm a one trick pony. I get. Oh no! I th I think there was some some special marinara sauce on those. That was definitely not that. That wasn't just your your normal rigatoni. I liked it. The uh, <laughs> I've got uh, you know my mine are yeah. you know pretty ground level. You know I think we've covered the big hitters. Um, I think you summed them up nicely there. Mine are more. And I keep going back to the restaurant thing, probably, you know, being an agency that worked with a couple, um, it, it's fresh of mind, especially with the pivot they've had to do to take out and all of that. But I would be thinking about the way with which, and I'm going to use the restaurant is the example, but I think it applies to any industry, law, insurance, whatever. I, mean, I think the impact is going to be there. I think there's people that are going to change their entire concept. Like a restaurant's going to change their concept. They're going to realize, Hey, this doesn't deliver well. This doesn't, this is not a good food, a good recipe for delivery. This is not a good recipe for takeout. You know, there's just stuff that doesn't translate. We talk with a restaurant, a group, you know, we're actually having restaurant groups call us cause you know, we have a reputation in that space and we've been t counseling them on online ordering a lot of things. And so, we have some forward thinking groups that are out there going, you know, Hey, you know, I want to work with you and we're having strategic discussions with them and you know, they're thinking about it the way they should. They're thinking, you know, we're probably going to redo our concept because we know that this is going to stay and that, and we didn't get dish by dish, but I think it's a good, a good parallel that you need to be thinking about the services that you offer. And in this new normal, how you need to be serving them up. If there's a new recipe, if there's a new way, not just, obviously digital is going to be huge, obviously e-commerce, those kind of things. But I'm thinking even more in the meat of it, you know, the recipes of these things, you need to be thinking about them. And I, you know, we can't go down list by list, but I think that's the way business owners need to be thinking is 
what does this mean for, you know, again, the restaurant analogy is I, 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 it wasn't set up this great, wonderful pasta dish. that's awesome. Every time someone comes and sits and eat, you know, I kind of give it the firehouse sub analogy. I hate firehouse to go firehouse subs are delicious in at the firehouse because they're steamed and they're warm and they're wonderful. But to go firehouse sub, by the time you get home, it's kind of like, I could have just had subway, you know, and uh, no, no brand favoritism here, but you know, but that's what you got to think about or that, or think about their packaging. How do they keep that steam in there or whatever that is to keep that experience. And so the blending of these recipes, thinking about the recipe of your business differently given the new normal. And then lastly, I have been so far against, you know, I'm a, I like to be more practical in my recommendations, a, the whole AR, VR thing. But I will say this, whoever can crack the code for retail experience that, that as much as possible. I give the examples sometimes because, you know, department store shopping, you know, again, back to the grocery store is strategically laid out, but you can kind of go around and Whoever can blend the digital world with the physical world in the VR space or the AR space to whether it's you're walking into the virtual dressing room and you're able to try these things on. And I know there's some basic stuff like that, like with Oculus and those things, but whoever can crack that code fastest and best is going to make a lot of money and they're going to sell it to other people. And you're going to have advertising in these VR spaces and marketing. You're going to go into virtual dressing rooms and there's going to be a billboard on, on the wall. You know, I can't help but think that that's coming, but whoever can crack that code the fastest will, will win. It'll probably be Amazon or Google or Facebook. I'm sure. <laughs> Let's be honest. It definitely will be, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really the case though, because like, again, coming out of this, like we see the, we see, You've seen department stores. It's been a consistent downward trend. Like it's not, J.C. Penney has not does not have that much upside right now. They're 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 a they're a they're a blimp sinking and gradually getting lower as opposed to a crashing plane. But this, in some ways, like it takes those businesses and turns them into a crashing plane. So less of those opportunities for discovery in the real in kind of the the short term in in the real world and suddenly you have, you need something like that to go try on something. You can't necessarily go to the mall because they may not be there in some cases. So a lot of those department stores may, may be disrupted, but I think that's a good call out. And that, that VR experience is going to be kind of, hopefully whoever does make that work. It, again, people are looking for an outlet and a way to spend some time. That's an escape. And that's something novel and new and unique right now. We're in a time of novel, new and unique where that's just the new normal. So that, that behavior is going to be a lot more accessible. And yeah, I think it's the rest of where, where I don't get, uh, feel like I just rode a roller coaster when I put the goggles on for 30 seconds, you know, yeah, figure that out, you know, we'll win. Yeah. So anybody <laughs> over, anybody over 30, I think, I think that's the, the, the kind of the, the say what like people over 30 have a little bit more trouble. So I'm, I'm on that side of things too. No, I'm going to feel like I'm just got off a, just got off a roller coaster, but it's, it's trying to make that accessible, make it easy and not make your brain freak out and think it's, it's just the world's, the, the, the floor is spinning all the time. But then too, in the restaurant space, like how much money could a restaurant save if they don't, if they take out the overhead of that full physical restaurant? Like if they're just a, if they're just a space, you probably see restaurants consolidate. Maybe they could take over the, maybe that you, you have a bunch of restaurants teamed up and they take over a bunch of um, JCPenney's and they just, consolidate in there the space it was jc penny is now 100 
quick serve restaurants where but New York was doing that. I mean, already New York city, some of the bigger cities had these, those Uber eat kitchens almost like it's like they set them up. They were a hundred percent like that. They didn't even have it. So that was that again coming, you know, but now going to escalate quickly. Yeah. I mean, storefront, the storefront, the physical storefront, maybe, maybe dropping down, but the digital storefront is that much more important. Yeah, it is. I, I, I'm, Again, we could go for we could go for a little bit longer than the than yeah. people on the podcast would probably appreciate. So yeah, we'll get off. <laughs> I think we've gave him some good meat today, Robbie. Always appreciate it, brother. And um, stay safe. And I know we'll be talking and working through some projects and different things. But uh, look forward to the next one. And uh, yeah, this was fun. Thank you great. very much. All right, guys. Thanks so much. This is the latest episode of the Radical Company podcast. Follow us online at radical.company. and you can find us on Instagram at radical underscore results. Always thanks to Robbie Fitzwater. You can find Robbie on all the social media channels or just go to the Clemson University directory. <laughs> yeah, so I'm all, yeah, just about anywhere. But it's it's been a pleasure, Ryan. And again, always yeah. fun to talk shout. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to